The show you love with even more local, local news, news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a good, wonderful welcome to you on this Monday afternoon as we get things started on the Mike Douglas Show. A very important week coming up. Of course, uh, of great importance, the primaries coming up tomorrow on June 7th. Actually, uh, seven uh, primaries uh, across the nation coming up tomorrow. In addition to here in California, primaries also in Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, and South Dakota. But, of course, we'll keep our eyes on the primaries here tomorrow. And just a reminder, we'll have our normal time together from 3 to 5 p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show tomorrow on June 7. And then we'll be back from uh, 7 to 9 p.m. for an election special. That's tomorrow afternoon. Again, our regular time together, 3 to 5 p.m. for the Mike Douglas Show. And then our special extended election coverage tomorrow from 7 to 9 p.m right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Today marks the 78th anniversary of D-Day. Worth commemorating. I know patriotism is a despised thing by the woke culture today, but it's important, always important to remember. And we remember 78 years ago today, In a a bold and perhaps a brash move, the United States of America forces landed on the beaches of Normandy, the codenamed beaches Utah, Omaha, Gold, Juneau, and Sword. And back in 1984, a great president stood on the edge of those beaches in Normandy, as he spoke to veterans from World War II, folks gathered there not only from the United States forces, but also from France as well. These are the words of a real president. Notice the command presence and the clarity with which Ronald Reagan addressed those folks on the beaches of Normandy back on June 6, 1984. The strength of America's allies is vital to the United States, and the American security guarantee is essential to the continued freedom of Europe's democracies. We were with you then. We are with you now. Your hopes are our hopes, and your destiny is our destiny. Here in this place, where the West held together, let us make a vow to our dead. Let us show them by our actions that we understand what they died for. Let our actions say to them the words for which Matthew Ridgway listened, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Strengthened by their courage, heartened by their value, and borne by their memory, let us continue to stand for the ideals for which they lived and died. Thank you very much, and God bless you all. Again, President Ronald Reagan at that location in Normandy, France, June 6, 1984. A real president, clarity, confidence, command presence. 
Would that we could have that again. Amen. Our thanks to all who gave their lives. Can you imagine just being a wet behind the years kid? Maybe 18 years old. Some got in early, 17 years old, maybe, maybe 20, 21. Many never have been out of the country of the United States of America, landing on the beaches of Normandy and being fired upon by the German forces there is just incredible to think about. We won't belabor it here, but it does give us pause to remember. It's important to remember. If you remember from your biblical history, and especially in the Old Testament, God was forever reminding the Jewish people to remember through monuments and memorials. The United States of America today, so much of our woke culture does not want us to remember. In fact, they take great pains to alter our history, to skew it, to view it with a filter, to demean it, and as much as possible to erase it. We must stand firm and we remember what's accurate and remember what's true. And some of what's true was not wonderful. It sometimes wasn't righteous. Many times it was. And the United States of America emerged with a great generation out of World War II. And to those today who demean our history, who attempt to change it, who attempt to erase it, we need only to stand firm and to remember what's true and to remember what's accurate. And that will solve that dilemma. And also, we need to remember to vote tomorrow, June 7, and also on November 8 as well. By the way, do you, many of us, and, and a, an incredible amount of people that I know have had World War II veterans who stormed the beaches of Normandy as friends or, or within families. It's incredible. In fact, we had a dear friend. His name was Don Holt down in, uh, well, he lived north of Pasadena and Altadena and knew him uh, very, very well. And uh, it, he, he was typical of the World War II vet, never talked about it. We got it out of him at one point that, yes, he, he fought in World War II. And I asked him how he got the Purple Heart. He said very humbly, well, I, I was there at Normandy, didn't say much else about it. We owe them such a debt of gratitude. He's with the Lord now, but just, uh, and I'm sure, you know, you may have people in your life who participated uh, as well. And again, we, we need to remember, and we need to remember with accuracy, and we need to remember in the light of truth and stand in the light of truth and not be intimidated to alter that. So our hats off to... Those who fought on those beaches of Normandy, to the World War II veterans and the veterans who followed them, the veterans who preceded them, we salute you and we honor you here on the Mike Douglas Show. Again, tomorrow, a reason that they fought so bravely is our freedom to vote. And so we, I believe we must not view that with a cast-off mentality. Well, I'll do it if I have time. 
Now, people gave their lives for our right to vote. And so I think it's important that we do that. Remember, primaries tomorrow, June 7. And just a reminder, we'll have uh, our time here on the Mike Douglas Show from 3 to 5 p.m. and then special election coverage from 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, tomorrow. By the way, speaking of history, did, uh, did you catch any of the uh, Platinum Jubilee for Queen Elizabeth? Seventy years on the throne. That makes her the the longest reigning monarch, I believe, in history. Am I right about that? Ninety six years old. Quite uh, quite a presentation at the end of last week during those four days of of celebration. And I'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Uh, it's interesting to me. I. We, we have been in England, and we, ha- by happenstance, and this was many, many years ago, happened to be down there by Parliament when the Queen, in her procession, came by in her carriage to open Parliament. We had no idea, being Americans, that Parliament was opening that day, but there, was, there just was a sense of awe as she came by, because it is history. And uh, I think we can, we tend to poo-poo the, the monarchy. Well, what do you need monarchs for? It's important to the British people. And uh, so we, uh, we logged in. We caught uh, bits and pieces of the uh, celebration last week. We'll talk about that in a, in a couple of minutes. Uh, something, again, good to celebrate. Here's another thing that's good to celebrate, and that's getting good advice, especially if you want to sell your home. Modesto home prices are going up, inventory's low, but interest rates, they're hiking because of price fluctuations. So selling your home right now with an aggressive, experienced agent, it's the right move to maximize your equity. Do you have a growing family? Are you working from home? You need more space, perhaps? Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. He's his name's Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. That's right. His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. There's no costly repairs required, no long-term contracts, and you pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Melody in Oakdale needed to sell quickly, but her home needed a bunch of repairs and upgrades to get a decent price. She didn't have the time nor the money, so she called Dan Phipps. Dan said, no problem, we can do it, and he did. Dan got multiple offers and sold uh, her home for much higher than she could have imagined. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend, and I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or sold free. So call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S, Dot com and the Mike Douglas show continues in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas show with you every weekday from three till five. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas show as we start the week, a very important week here in California, anyway. Of course, the primaries tomorrow on June 6th. Leading up to the midterms on November 8, uh, 2022. Very important time in California. Again, my my sense is we're going to be facing a tipping point. 
not only in California, but certainly in the nation as well. Now, saying that, do I think California is going to make a major turn uh, tomorrow through uh, November 8 and to the end of the year? No, but I think we will begin to see the the formulation of a shift, the uh, the seeds planted for a shift. And I think it's due to uh, people finally recognizing that what's happening in terms of public policy in California and around the nation is not good, not good at all. And I think a lot of people, uh, Democrats, Republicans, independents, beginning to say, no, this is this is not good. I'm not, I'm not buying the spin that we're hearing. And so I, I firmly believe we'll begin to see at least the seeds of change here in California. Again, uh, primaries in seven states across the nation tomorrow. California, Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, and South Dakota. Just very briefly, uh, did you... Uh, did you catch any of the uh, Queen Elizabeth celebration last week, the Platinum Jubilee, 70 years on the throne, 96 years old she is, and uh, just, just an amazing woman if you think about her history. Uh, we caught the end uh, of the concert last night, just uh, a couple of clips from it. Uh, there was Queen. Uh, <laughs> it stirred the crowd up, of course, it with we will rock you and uh, <laughs> the people were going wild. It was just absolutely amazing. Duran Duran, not one of my favorite groups. That's just me. Uh, they performed. Couldn't quite figure out Rod Stewart singing "Sweet Caroline." Why? Why did they have Rod Stewart doing a Neil Diamond signature piece? How about Rod Stewart doing one of his signature pieces? It almost sounded like he was going through the motions. I don't know. Maybe you reacted differently. I just couldn't quite figure that out. And at the end, uh, Diana Ross, always a very classy lady, of course, an icon, a legend uh, in music across the world. Sad to say it sounded to me like they had a bad mix. I didn't quite have her microphone uh, working properly. But uh, anyway, great celebration. What is it about uh, the royal family? Again, my wife and I had been in London many years ago now, and happened to be there near Parliament. We were just going to go see where it was located, and uh, they started to block the street off, and it looked like a parade was happening, and and we were watching, and, and Queen Elizabeth came by in her carriage right right by us. It was, it was quite impressive uh, in order for her to open up uh, Parliament. I know a lot here in America we, we tend to uh, demean, make fun of, uh, not uh, assign a lot of importance to the royal family, question why one is needed. But uh, I have many friends in the UK, and to most of them, the monarchs, the royal family, still are important in terms of history and what it represents. And I'm a believer that when you visit a foreign country or you're talking about another nation, that uh, assuming generally it's not communist and Marxist and trying to do away with the United States of America, that we ought to, that we ought to respect and honor its traditions. And so I don't know about you, but I think it's worth uh, honoring and mentioning uh, Queen Elizabeth again, 70 years on the throne, tremendous, uh, tremendous accomplishment for her. And uh, 
the little skit there with Paddington Bear I thought was uh, quite funny as as well. Uh, not so uh, not so entertaining, and and our condolences uh, to those of you in San Joaquin County. Uh, received news today that San Joaquin County's Registrar of Voters Heather Diddy died Saturday due to unforeseen health complications. Uh, the Board of Supervisors Chair Chuck Wynn, by the way, Chuck Wynn, uh, great legend in law enforcement in our areas from the CHP. I've known Chuck for a long time. He said even though Heather had been with our county family for only six months, she had a profound impact on her staff in our elections office. She was only appointed, by the way, the Registrar of uh, Voters six months ago. Uh, She'd been working for Sacramento County for 26 years. So Assistant Registrar Olivia Hale now takes over the administration of San Joaquin County's primaries again tomorrow. And uh, there was a statement sent by the local government. Due to Heather's leadership experience, attention to detail, and ability to address issues expeditiously, and total commitment to the residents of our county, we are confident the election day will run smoothly and efficiently. And I'm, uh, I'm sure it will. Again, our, our condolences uh, to her family. And uh, I'm sure to those of you who knew her up in San Joaquin County, quite a shock this weekend and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of prayers probably needed for the uh, her assistant who's going to step up to the plate there and take over uh, her her responsibility can you imagine that so um, Olivia Hale our thoughts are with you and and uh, trust that uh, you will have the staff and the support you need to carry out the duties uh, that are necessary for tomorrow and through the rest of the election season. Restaurant prices going up. Again, good reason to vote as we consider that a lot of the public policies have created this situation. Restaurants apparently are going to start jacking up some of our costs. There may be a fuel surcharge, they're saying, because of high gas prices, a non-cash adjustment for using credit instead of cash, and a kitchen appreciation fee that's interesting. That's all according to Axios. Apparently, uh, the number of restaurants that are going to be adding service fees increased by uh, 36% or more from uh, April 21 to April 22, 2022. Romano's Macaroni Grill says on its website that a $2 temporary fee is being added to bills to offset macroeconomic pressures. I think you can read into that public policy. MasterCard and Visa, they're raising transaction fees for merchants in April. National uh, Retail Federation uh, says that uh, things are driving up inflation. And the New York City Council allowed restaurants to temporarily add a COVID-19 recovery charge of up to 10% of total bills. There's a price to pay. For all of this errant public policy, and who pays it? You and me, my friends. And again, it underscores the need to participate in the vote tomorrow on June 7. Again, the primaries here in California and six other states as well, leading up to the uh, the midterms on November 8, 2022. And again, tomorrow, remember that we'll have our 
program here. Mike Douglas show 3 to 5 p.m. and extended election coverage from 7 to 9 p.m. as well tomorrow. Well, uh, coming up, uh, run about uh, five or six minutes. Uh, Lonnie Chen. Lonnie Chen is scheduled to be with us. He's running for controller. We'll get his take on tomorrow. Coming up on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll be right back. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show. The voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show, the day before the primaries here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we get ready for the primaries tomorrow on June 7. And to help us do that is one of about uh, six candidates for controller of, uh, of California. On the line with us is Lonnie Chen. Mr. Chen, thank you so much for stopping by. Appreciate you being with us. Hey, Mike, great to be with you. Thank you. So what is not happening with the controller's office now that you would like to see happen that you would bring to that office? Well, I I think it's important for listeners uh, to understand the controller has a great ability to give us transparency into every single dollar this state spends. And we don't have that right now. You ask, what is the controller not doing now? Well, the controller now is not giving us that kind of accountability and transparency. Uh, We don't actually know, for example, when we talk about spending on homelessness across our state, we've spent over $20 billion over the last three years on homelessness. Where is all that money gone? We don't have accountability for it. We're the only state that doesn't have complete line-by-line visibility into how we spend money. And so that's one thing the controller can do, but we can go one step further than that. We actually can audit every single program in the state. We can audit every single line item of state spending, get in there, figure out exactly where the money is going and make all that information available to taxpayers. This is a crucially important office at a time when Sacramento is just burning through money. And your listeners understand this intuitively that the state is spending so much money but we just aren't solving problems anymore. And the controller can finally come along and help us actually make sure that these guys in Sacramento solve problems. Lonnie, how long has it been since we really had an active controller that was creating the type of transparency that you're talking about? Well, it's been decades. Uh, and frankly, I think the, the, the situation works best when the controller comes from the party opposite of the party in power. When we had Republican governors in this state, we frequently had Democratic controllers, and they would do their best to hold the governor accountable. They weren't necessarily champions of transparency, but they did do a, a number of different things to make sure that the governor was staying honest. And we haven't had that. You know, we've had Democratic governors. We'd have a Democratic supermajority in this state uh, for the last 15 years, and there has not been any effort at all by these elected Democrat controllers to hold their fellow Democrat partisans accountable. And, and that is, in my view, really goes against what this controller's office is about. The controller's office is about making sure that we are holding these guys accountable, these guys and gals who make policy in Sacramento accountable, and then being responsible to taxpayers for how that money is being spent. 
That's really what this is about, and that's why it's such an important responsibility. So really is is the power of the office, and it's an office that we don't often talk about, you know, to be honest with you, right? Uh, is the power of the office really in, uh, in terms of not only researching the facts, but making them available to the public? Is that the main thing, to, to get the information out to the public in a way that it can understand it? Absolutely. And, and that's one of the things that I'm really focused on. You know, I've said, hey, first of all, when it comes to spending, we should be able to put all that stuff up on the Internet, let everybody see exactly what the money's being spent on, and then go one step further and really explain to people not just where the money is going, but he, here's the question. How effective has the spending been? You know, it's one thing to have all these numbers and facts and data. It's a whole other thing to sit down and say, how effective has the spending actually been? And that's one of the things I want to do. I want to say, hey, let's give it a letter grade. You know, much like our kids get letter grades in school, or at least they used to at some point. But, but the, the concept of giving every idea, every program of state government a specific grade so that people can go in and say, hey, why are we spending all this money on a program that the controller tells us is a D or an F? And, you know, you look at other programs, you there's some programs that are working well, and you say, well, hey, we should be doing more to make sure that program succeeds. So, yes, it's about making sure stuff is, is uh, relayed and transmitted in an easy-to-understand way, but it's also giving taxpayers a more precise sense of how well the spending is doing. Lonnie Chin is our guest running for state controller. Uh, Lonnie, if I'm not mistaken, there are, are six candidates for the office, and I believe you're the only Republican, am I right? I am the only Republican for this office, and, you know, it's a competitive field, obviously. We've got to get into that top two to make sure that we are in the November final election for this office, and, and I've got a good deal of confidence that we can get there if people show up to vote. What's amazing to me, and I believe I have this right, the L.A. Times has endorsed you, has it not? The L.A. Times did endorse me, and it's the first time they've endorsed a Republican, I think, in well over a decade. And what they said in their endorsement is exactly the point that I've been making, which is, hey, you need to have a controller who is as independent as possible from the party in power. You need to have a controller who is going to keep the ruling party, as it were, in check. And the only way you do that in this case is by electing a Republican. They made exactly the case I've been making to voters across our state, and I believe demonstrates the kind of coalition I believe we can put together to get this done and get us across the finish line. Amazing to me again that the LA Times would would endorse not not you personally but a Republican and yet what you mentioned before about the importance of the controller uh, often being a different party than the governor than the governor and and the party in in power in Sacramento I think is so important and I think that's that's what the L.A. Times was recognizing. And so it's a, it's a very interesting challenge that you're going to have. Just before we let you go, just out of curiosity, I don't think most people grow up, they might think I'd like to be governor or probably few people think, gee, someday I'd like to be controller. What prompted you to have the passion to pursue this office? Well, I, you know, I really feel like we as taxpayers deserve accountability. And we also deserve to know where all our money goes. You know, I have been at the intersection of business. I've run my own small business. I've been a part of big businesses before. I've been involved in policymaking. I've been a teacher uh, at the university level for the last couple of years. 
And I'll just say, given my background and experience, I sort of thought, well, this is actually an ideal set of experiences for somebody who wants to come in and clean up the financial operations of our state. And it makes such a big difference, Mike. If you think about all the different ways in which our state could be performing better, it only takes one person, in my view, to go in there and begin to move the needle and try to give us the kind of accountability we need and try to get our state to work better. So that, that's really why I'm so passionate about this role. I think it's the right job, given my experience. And I think I can make a difference and, and make California a better place for all of us. Sounds good. Lonnie Chen, thanks so much for dropping by again. Candidate for controller. All the more reason to make sure that we vote tomorrow on June 7. Lonnie Chen, thanks so much for dropping by today. appreciate that very much. Thank you. All right, my friends, again, another reason. I love the focus on transparency that Mr. Chen just told us about, you know, under, underscoring uh, transparency, auditing every program, looking at every line item, and then making it public. Now, how we do that or how he will do that, We'll see. He mentioned uh, putting it up on the Internet. I would I would assume social media is probably a, a great way to do that. <clears throat> but I, I wonder how many people really, if we took a survey of, uh, now you are very astute. I know as our radio aud- audience, you are very astute. You probably know who the current controller is, Betty Yee. But I'm guessing that if we went into the byways and the alleyways <clears throat> of California, as we're sidestepping needles and feces and all of that kind of stuff, that if we were asking people, who is the controller of California and what does the controller do? I don't know that a lot of people would be able to answer that question, but uh, we've got that answered today. Good information. And uh, again, so happy that uh, Lonnie Chen could drop by and, and share his thoughts with us. All right, coming up, uh, we're uh, hoping to hear from Ed Parco. Ed, uh, a frequent, frequent visitor here and guest host on the Mike Douglas Show. He's also uh, the main man with uh, Real Estate Jerky on Saturdays. And uh, Ed is uh, embedded into the uh, registrar's office in Stanislaus County as an observer. He's taken a look at what's going on, and uh, we hope to hear from him very soon here on the Mike Douglas Show. So don't go away. We'll be back in three minutes. Again, the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the Voice of the Valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on this day before the California primaries here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And we've been very fortunate to have the Registrar of Voters in Stanislaus County be very transparent and allow us to observe what's going on there. And uh, our man uh, there with the uh, county recorder of uh, uh, county recorder and the Registrar of Voters is Ed Parco. No stranger to many of you. Of course, he's the host of Real Estate Jerky and often a guest host here on the Mike Douglas Show. Hey, Ed, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey. It's unusual being a bona fide person. <laughs> well, you are, you are more than bona fide, my friend. What's happening down in the county recorder's office? Uh, Ed, give us a, an update what you're seeing. 
Well, when I went in there this morning, they gave me the tour. We went through and saw how they open them up, how they keep track of them, and then how they go to the next table for, like, the going through each one. You know, they showed how they – because they didn't actually open any up today because they already did that yesterday. But today they're actually counting the ballots they have in, and I think they have over 5,000 they're trying to count. So they're going to be here until that's finished so they can certify that for tomorrow. And it's just amazing watching the – it's all in the same area, so you can oversee everything that's going on. You can see where they keep them locked up. And what's really nice is when they're scanning them, you see what the person who's scanning them sees. So it's very open to where you can see what's going on. They have monitors set up. The lady who's running it, Donna, she's like, I'm a voter. That was the first question I had was, what are they looking at? I want to be able to see it from the outside. So I was very pleased with what I saw today. Donna Linder, the Registrar of Voters in Stanislaus County. Uh, That sounds like a great technological uh, support there in order for for them to be very transparent about what's uh, what's going on. Uh, what's your uh, sense? Do they have enough staff there? Do you know the mix? Is, is this paid staff, mix of volunteers? Do you have any idea? Well, yeah, there's a lot of volunteers and there's a lot of staff. Uh, so they, the volunteers who are here have been here before. Um, I don't know if you know, they make a whole $95 a day for what they do. Um, but the actual staff out at the polling places right now helping out on those places and so it's it's a mix they bring in a lot of staff for this however this is this is very light this is one of our lightest elections so far there's not a lot of ballots being brought in that's interesting you need to get it out there yeah that's very interesting i wonder if now now me personally i'm waiting to go tomorrow i want to do it in person Call, call me old-fashioned. Right. I just like to do it in person. Uh, and not not that I doubt, you know, I love the tracking system that they have, Ed. You know, ballot tracks or whatever method you're going to use, it tells you, you know, when your ballot is received and the fact that it was counted and all that. But I, I just, I grew up with my parents and grandparents taking me to the polls, and there's something about participating personally in the process that I, I just love maybe maybe it's just because i'm old right i i don't know if that's the case it is but i know a lot of people do like to go there's a and i'm not i I, there's a group of voters who only will bring it in tomorrow um i've you know i ran in a couple observers from uh, different parties and you know there ever since the last election people are really worried with what's going on i can say in stanislaus county don't the only place that you could have something going on is right before it got in the ballot box. So, And just a reminder, friends, uh, you have to have your ballot in by 8 p.m. tomorrow. Is that right, Ed? Right? That's correct. That's correct. Yep. That's when it's supposedly over and they'll start counting. Um, and they'll count any additional ballots or you know that are mailed in. They'll start counting those on Wednesday again. So Ed, before I let you... Tomorrow is just helping people vote. Before I let you go, as a, as a businessman, and of course you you got your finger on the pulse of uh, what what pains a lot of people in terms of financing homes and and such. What's your read right now? Are are people pretty much up in arms over the economy, especially as it's now affecting interest rates? Is there angst enough you think to motivate people to to vote, or are a lot of folks still oblivious to what's going on? 
you know, I thought there was a lot of people who were upset. Um, they keep saying the polls show that the numbers are, you know, 80% of the people voting for, the, you know, because of the economy. Um, but I, I won't be able to tell you that until tomorrow, mm. you know, because I, you know, the midterm elections usually are the lowest turnout, but this is the one of the most important ones right now um, for the next, you know, for November. And people need to get out and vote. If they don't like what's going on right now, I mean, if they like $10 diesel and gasoline, then don't vote. And this is the way it's going to keep going. And I saw a chart on a TV this morning that showed how inflation took off and when Biden took office and when it was and when the war on for Putin, when he came in, that inflation was like 8% when Putin started his war. So it's not because of Putin that this inflation's taken off and everything else is going on. Yeah, so I hope I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, but. absolutely. And I think uh, you know, oftentimes the American politicians' coat of arms is pointing fingers in the other direction. Right? It's their fault. And that uh, is correct. I, yeah, uh, absolutely. And so I'm I'm hoping and praying that at least the folks of California will step up to the plate uh, tomorrow and on November eighth as well, cast their vote and see if we can start turning this aircraft carrier around. It's going to take a long time to do that, I understand, but we have to have to start somewhere. And, uh, Ed, will you uh, be also providing us some reports tomorrow as well? Yes, I will. I'm going to actually be back down here in the evening when they're bringing in the other all the hard drives and everything else. I'll be back down here overseeing that. But one of the things I want to say is we're in this predicament because everybody voted against something when we all need to get together and vote for something. Great we all need to wisdom. vote for a better California. I love it. Ed Parco, thanks so much. Look forward to your reports tomorrow from the County Registrar of Voters in Stanislaus County. Ed, thanks so much. Appreciate you being with us today. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. All right, uh, Ed Parco, and uh, of course you you know Ed from Real Estate Jerky here on the weekends on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV as well as uh, a frequent guest host right here on the Mike Douglas Show. And uh, Ed, uh, not only a military veteran, U.S. Navy veteran, but also very experienced in the areas of finance as well. And you know sometimes I think it, it it's like people in recovery who may be struggling with addictions, they don't often, they're, they're not motivated many times to make a change in their lives until they hit the wall and it begins to really hurt. I, I think that's where we're at right now as, as a society nationally and in California as well. The inflation rate's got to hurt. The gas prices have to hurt. Policies have to hurt. Time to make a change. All right, we'll be back. Uh, Richard Pombo joining us after the top of the hour with uh, after traffic, weather, and news. So don't go away. We'll be back with the Mike Douglas Show in five minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love with even more local, local news. news and more local talk. talk. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas. I stepped on her again. My apologies. Welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And of course, we are prepared 
for the primaries tomorrow. Just a reminder, uh, we'll be with you on the Mike Douglas Show 3 to 5 p.m. as normal. And then we'll have special election coverage. I'll be hosting that here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV on air and on the iHeart app from 7 to 9 p.m. tomorrow night. And joining us will be Congressman Richard Pombo. In fact, uh, he's holding. We'll be with him in just a moment. As well as Ed Parco, who is uh, an observer with the Stanislaus County Registrar of Voters Office. Joining us tomorrow also will be Mote Sanchez, founder of the 209 Times with the San Joaquin County Perspective, and reporter John Bernaisi will be joining us as well from the KFIV Newsroom in Sacramento, and we'll be taking your calls. So it's going to be a a very active night tomorrow night. Uh, Again, it'll be here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, on air and on the iHeart app, you search 1360 KFIV. And we hope you can join us again, the Mike Douglas Show, 3 to 5 p.m. tomorrow. And there are special election coverage direct from Sacramento from 7 to 9 p.m. All right, uh, one of our uh, correspondents and our experts and our uh, great analysis coming from Richard Pombo. And Richard will be with us not only uh, tomorrow for our coverage there, but he's with us now. Richard, former Congressman Richard Pombo, welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Thanks for dropping by today. Thank you, Mike. Good to, good to hear you again. Hey, I, we were just talking with uh, Ed Parco. Uh, who's uh, our man embedded there at the Stanislaus County Registrar of Voters. And he was telling us that so far from what they can see, it's a very low turnout. you have any thoughts on, given all that's going on right now and the opportunity to create change, why we're seeing a low turnout now? Or is it because that a lot of folks may be waiting until tomorrow? I think you have a lot of people that are going to turn out tomorrow, but I would be interested to see when when you look at turnout what the percentages are on the Republican side, the Democrat side, and independent voters, because that will give you an idea of how motivated voters are to turn out and what side of uh, what side of the aisle or you know what their political perspective is in terms of those that are motivated to turn out for this election um, I think that would be an important factor to to put into this entire uh, this entire mess to determine what's going to happen tomorrow Again, we're talking with former Congressman Richard Pombo. And my friends, if you have uh, comments or questions for Richard, our number here, 209-551-3483. Opportunity to tap his experience and his wisdom as well, 209-551-3483. Richard, so far, according to online ballot tracker, about 15% of the ballots mailed out have been uh, have been received back. Do you think for many Democrats who are uh, very comfortable with Gavin Newsom that they feel, yeah, this is a done deal and, and maybe not the urgency to vote? Any any thoughts there? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I, I think that when you look at your Democrat base in, in California, they're looking at it and saying, 
you know, the Democrats are the super majority party in in California, and we don't really have to worry. So I'm really not that motivated to turn out to vote. Um, when you look at at Republicans and Independents, you may have uh, a different thinking or a different way to to look at the election, and they may be more motivated to turn out and vote and and have their voices heard. So in some of these elections that are close or, you know, ones that uh, Republicans hope that they have a chance to to take over or to upset an incumbent, you may have a little more motivation on their side for people to turn out to vote. Richard Pombo, our guest, former congressman, one of our political analysts here. And again, Richard will be joining us uh, tomorrow for our extended election coverage from 7 to 9 p.m. And uh, so much appreciate you taking time to do that, Richard. Uh, we were, By the way, we were talking with Lonnie Chen uh, a few moments ago, again, candidate for controller. And what uh, astounds me a bit is that the L.A. Times... Uh, endorsed him as a Republican, and that's amidst a field of mostly uh, Democrats, and I think maybe there was one no-party preference. But uh, the L.A. Times, if I recall correctly, had made the point that there's some benefit in having the controller not in the same party as the governor and uh, the majority of the California legislatures. So as we're, we're looking at that, do you think there's an opportunity there to really uh, have increased transparency as Lonnie Chen hopes? Do you see that as a, a critical election uh, coming up tomorrow and then in November? It, absolutely. And I, and I, I think that I've followed that race and I think that that's, Probably statewide, that's probably one of the best opportunities that Republicans have to to pick up a statewide race. Um, obviously, he's not uh, overly partisan. Um, somebody that uh, is looking at the job as not a a stepping stool to something else, but instead it's a job to be done and. I think that uh, that appeals to people, and going into a general election, I think that he has a very good chance of of winning that election, and it's probably, like I said, one of the best chances that we have of of winning a, a statewide race for the first time in, uh, what is it, 15 years? Yeah, absolutely, and, and my... Um metaphor for this is like turning around uh, an aircraft carrier it takes a while to do that and yeah. right and and so don't, don't you see as well the position like controller just being one of those little pieces that are necessary to just take the next step towards not having such a super majority and and, and really having another voice in sacramento yeah, and, and it will, you know, if he wins that, it will open up people's eyes as to what's really going on in Sacramento because with a, you know, majority left-of-center media in, the, in California and a majority Democrat uh, political environment in California, 
there's no real oversight as to what's going on. And when you look at issues in, you know, everything from the, you know, the bullet train on down, you know, the billions and billions of dollars that are being spent, there's no real oversight that people know about. There's nobody out there that's saying, hey, wait a minute, this is a huge waste of taxpayer money, what we're doing right now. You know, you look at the homelessness situation, we are spending tens of billions of dollars a year on homelessness, and it's getting worse every day. And there's nobody saying, you know, that's standing up saying, you know, this money's being wasted. There's got to be a better way to do it. The better way to do it, granted, is policy. It's not something the controller can change, but at least somebody can open open the doors and say, look at what's happening here. There's a better way to do it. Richard Pombo, our guest. If you have questions for Richard or observations you'd like to share with him, our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Richard, when we come back, I'd like to talk to you a, a bit about, and you've been through this process, technology has changed a lot since you first ran for Congress. It doesn't take long for technology to change, right? I'd like to talk, when we come back, I'd like to talk about technology today, how that fits into elections, and how you see uh, that running for office may have changed uh, because of technology since uh, first you ran. That's all coming up in three minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show, back with Richard Pombo, former congressman in three minutes, here on Power Talk 13. 60 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our guest at the moment, former Congressman Richard Pombo, one of our political analysts here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, Richard, again, we appreciate you being with us today and also uh, to be with us tomorrow uh, on uh, Election Day, June 7. Again, uh, we've talked about the fact that so far there are uh, uh, there's a relatively small return, although many people may uh, of ballots so far, although many people may be uh, waiting for tomorrow. I was just thinking about the technology involved in running for office today. Uh, Richard, and and thinking back to your campaigns as a congressman many years ago, has technology, do you think, has it benefited us in terms of those of us who vote, or do you think technology has just enabled us to be assaulted with more and more spam regarding elections? Well, I think that technology obviously has changed dramatically, but where we are today gives candidates a much better chance of getting their message out and going around the mainstream media. Um, I think it's easier for a long shot candidate or, you know, for that matter, a conservative candidate to reach out to voters today than what they had you know, 30 years ago, you know, when I first was elected to Congress, you know, new technology at the time was 
being able to to do robocalls. There was no Internet. There was no ability to to reach out on social media or to get around what, you know, the local papers or the national media was saying about you or the way that they were, you know, what whatever they were trying to do to you. And so today I think as, as a candidate, you have a better shot at getting reaching out to voters. But at the same time, as as a voter, you know, it's easy to get – tired of of all of the outreach that's coming you know you look at this primary and you've got dozens and dozens of candidates that are on your ballot and they're all trying to reach out to you but as a candidate i think today you have a much better chance of getting your message out than you did before well, and I think that direct communication that you mentioned, uh, Richard, is is so important. Where you can your 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 message is not necessarily filtered by the mainstream media, although on social media <laughs> they they may reduce the number of people you're exposed to. But at least your message itself can be unfiltered, right, and and provide direct access to the voter. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. And you know, while the social media that we have today tends to uh, to favor certain candidates or to to censure certain candidates. Uh, at the same time, that that didn't even exist. You know, even 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you didn't even have that have that chance to to reach out to people and. I think that's a huge benefit. I mean, when you're relying on, you know, the McClatchy papers or, you know, your the Gannett papers or whatever your your local papers say about you, if the editors and reporters at those papers don't like you, uh, you know, they they will filter out anything you have to say that's positive about your campaign and highlight whatever your opponents, whatever attack your opponents are throwing at you. I mean, I lived through that for 14 years, and I can tell you it's tough. It's it's really hard when you have no advocates, you know, nobody, no friendly reporter that you could reach out to. And, you know, the best that we could do back, you know, 15 years ago, the the very best we could do is if you had – you know, a, a right of center local talk show host that would allow you to go on and and talk to you and give you let you give you the chance to to say what your opinions are to, or to express why you're running. Uh, other than that, we had no no one else to reach out to. Our guest, Richard Pombo. Richard, thanks so much. And I'm thinking, uh, Richard, I'm thinking about the, the response in terms of ballots and, and uh, the passion to vote. There's an old saw that says, until the pain of the present exceeds the anticipated pain of change, not much happens. Do you think we're at the point now where people, the, the pain is starting to be sufficient enough for them to feel we we need to make a change in California and the, and, uh, and, uh, and the nation as well? I, you know, across the nation, I believe that's true. And I'm, I'm hopeful that in the state of California that, 
you know, people are beginning to realize that the idiotic policies that we've adopted over the last 30 years or 35 years in the state of California are killing us. Um, you know, we have the highest gas prices, the highest housing prices, the the highest taxes. You know, all of that is because of policies that have been adopted in the state of California. I mean, how many times have we voted for new bond measures to fix our roads or higher taxes to fix our roads? Is there anybody out there in your listening audience that really thinks that our, our roads are in good shape? And I've been across this country. I've been to every all 50 states. I can tell you that I have not been anywhere in the entire country that has roads that are as bad as California, and yet nobody else in the entire country pays as much as we do to maintain our transportation system. It is just completely stupid what we're doing. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I'm just hopeful that people will listen to this. (laughs) I think anyone who drives will see that. Uh, Richard on the line right now uh, with us is David Giglio. He is a candidate for Congressional District Number 13. David, uh, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Let us know uh, why you're passionate about this office and why folks ought to vote for you. Hey, uh, can you guys hear me all right? We certainly can. Hear you fine. Uh, yeah, so I kind of what he said, you know, uh, I believe that I'm the only candidate in this race that, that doesn't offer more of the same. I actually offer some change. You know, I'm the only one uh, in the 13th Congressional District that's not a career politician, a career uh, candidate, or a career political donor. That, you know, all those people that I'm running against, they've contributed to the problem that we're having in California. And, and I'm doing this not to get rich, uh, but to restore people's faith in our government. You know, my wife and I vowed I'm not going to trade a single stock. Uh, neither me nor her when I'm in Washington. Uh, I, as a former history teacher, you know, we're at a pivotal point. People have lost confidence in our leaders, and and my goal is to go there and and restore some of that confidence. David, what I'd like to do, uh, we have to hit uh, a mark here real quick. May I hold you for a couple minutes? We'll come back to you, have some additional questions. David Giglio and Richard Pombo on with us. We'll be back in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360, KFIV. Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. I'm Mike Douglas, your concierge for conversation here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On the line with us is former Congressman Richard Pombo and also David Giglio. He is a candidate for Congressional District Number 13. Of course, tomorrow, a very important day for you, uh, David. We've been talking about right now, at least in Stanislaus County, there tends to be a a rather low voter turnout thus far. Uh, Why? What do you see any reason for that? Or do you think things will buck up tomorrow in terms of participation? Well, uh, no, we're seeing the same kind of thing. We've actually been tracking it. We've done some polling work in the last week or so, and uh, and we've been watching the results come in. But, you know, we've done a really extensive ground game in my race here in the 13th. So we've talked to a lot of voters, and we actually targeted a lot of Democrats because we feel there's a lot of disaffected Democrats in the Valley 
uh, and I do believe that's what's causing a lot of uh, the turnout numbers being so low. You have you have counties here that have Democrat advantages in registration, but a lot of these people are no longer feeling at home in the Democratic Party, and they've actually told us when we're knocking on doors, you know, I'm just I'm not voting this time around. Uh, they they they're they're struggling to find answers, but that's why we, you know, Republicans need to do a better job, and that's what we're doing, is offering them a clear choice so they don't stay home. Instead, they show up and they change how they're voting. So we're working to do that, but I think that's a big reason for some of the lower turnout. Uh, Democrat, I mean, listen, you got a president that's not going to excite people. No one's going to the polls to say, I want to save Joe Biden's majority. And uh, you got a governor who, even though it's California, He's underwater. He's below 50% now in approval. So Democrats really have nothing to – what are they excited about? Crime? Uh, high gas prices? What's, what's, what's going to motivate them to go out there? David, you're in a field of uh, five, I believe, right, for uh, Congressional District number 13, uh, two Democrats and including you, three Republicans. What is it that you believe will uh, bring you to either number one or number two uh, come November 8? What is it that you bring to the table that you feel will, will launch you over the top? Well, one is the fact that our ground game. I've been running, you know, before the districts are finalized for a year uh, over a year, year and a half now, and uh, I've taken nothing for granted. Uh, we've made really voter contact is key. We have shared a vision, uh, a clear alternative to what's been going on uh, politically in the Valley for decades, and uh, we've shared that with voters, and that's what sets us apart. You know, we're offering a real chance at change. I don't owe anyone anything. I'm not being funded by lobbyists, PACs, or or rich donors. You know, this is all about the people of the Valley. That, that's why I'm doing this. Uh, yes, I have an R next to my name, but we've appealed, we're appealing to a lot of different people. We're confident that that message is going to transcend uh, party, and it's going to shock a lot of people tomorrow. And, and we just think people, this is the time for change. People want some – they're tired of the same old, same old. They want people that are to represent them that are struggling with the same things they're struggling with. You know, it hurts me when i got to pay 100 and something bucks for gas now. Uh, they're tired of politicians that just can't relate. David Giglio, he is candidate for Congressional District Number 13. David, thanks for stopping by today. Thank you for uh, taking time to share your thoughts with us. No problem, yeah, and I hope, you know, like I said, it is a lower turnout, but if you still got time, there is a time to go out there and vote. You know, don't just say, I don't want to vote because I'm a Democrat. Go change how you're voting <laughs> and make a difference here. So thank you, guys, and uh, gr- glad to contribute to the conversation. All right, David Giglio, again, candidate for Congressional District number 13 here in California. David, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Richard Pombo on the line with us. Richard, before we, we let you go, uh, as we were talking to David well, Giglio, did, uh, something came to my to mind. Let me go ahead. jump in for real quick sure. here. I mean, I, I know David is I'm sure he's a good man, and he sounds uh, very enthusiastic about what he's doing. But in that in that particular race, uh, an old friend of mine, somebody that I've worked with for almost 30 years, John Duarte, is running, and uh, I I support John. Uh, I know what he believes in and what he has worked on for the past 30 years. And, you know, my my support personally, that's a, the, actually the district I live in, and I voted for John. But like I said, I'm sure David's a good man, and I would not, you know, take anything away from him because he had the guts to put his name on the line and get in the race, and I appreciate that. But uh, John Duarte, who is who I voted for in that race. 
Richard, as, as we were talking to David, something occurred to me, and that is just the general uh, need, maybe, for the Republican Party to message better. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it just seems to me yeah. that we don't, uh, in, in terms of the Republican message, there's often not the same uh, sizzle to it, if, if I can say it that way, in terms of being very clear about what the issues are and what we're going to do about them. Am I off base there, or do, or do you think we have something no, to talk about there? No, you're right, and, and uh, let me address that in, in two different ways very quickly. Uh, one is is that the Republican Party, Republican politicians tend to approach every issue with, okay, I'll, I'll argue facts. I'll put the facts on the table. I'll put my argument out there because every, if I put all the facts out there, everybody's going to understand and they're going to, to agree with me because I know I'm right on the facts. The problem with that is is that the Democrat Party tends to ignore the facts and put everything on emotion. So you, you appeal to people's emotions, and you tend to get them on your side because that's a stronger feeling than arguing facts. And quite frankly, if all you're doing is arguing the facts on an issue – you bore people, and people are more motivated if you're appealing to their to their emotions. The second part of of all of that is that if you're if you're trying to speak out, and it's one of the things that Cal, uh, that Republicans have been struggling with since Pete Wilson uh, was governor or was running for governor is. How do you reach out to different ethnic groups? How do you um, appeal to Hispanic voters? How do you appeal to black voters? How do you appeal to, to immigrants? It, it, you, it, the mistake Republicans make is they try to come up with some stupid message. What you really need to do is tell them the same exact thing you're telling everybody else. Everybody, if you're reaching out to Hispanic voters, they care about the exact same things that everybody else cares about. You just need to reach out to them and say, this is what we believe in, and we want your vote. We want your support. We'll listen to you. We'll work with you. And that is a a much greater appeal to get their votes than trying to come up with some stupid message that is is geared toward reaching out to a certain ethnic group or anybody else. Just stay consistent with what you believe in and talk about it. I think there's great wisdom there, Richard. One of the things that turns my stomach off, and, and I, I can't name any names right now, but we've certainly seen it uh, within the past six months, I think, is national leaders pandering to certain ethnic groups, especially uh, the Hispanics, and using the most awful Spanish I have ever heard in my life. And, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> I, just, uh, you know, I think you, your, your, your thesis there is good. Be real. And, and I think uh, there's wisdom, Richard, in, in what you said about 
finding those areas of concern where we share the same concerns. We share the same concerns about roadways. We share the same concerns about uh, the economy. We share the same concerns about jobs, about homelessness. You know, that that is not uh, really have anything to do with Democrats or Republicans or independents. The policy differences, yes, but the problems itself are common to us all. And uh, I, I just I just wish that conservatives would do a better job of just parking on the issues and addressing those and, and not trying to imitate the pandering aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, if, if you're, if you're reaching out, I mean, they, and, and we just had one of the candidates in the 13th district. That is, I believe if, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that is a majority Hispanic district. And if if you reach into the the bottom line in that district, every family, every voter in that district is is challenged with the same issues. It's high taxes, it's it's jobs, it's high gas prices, it's what they're paying for electricity, it's inflation and the cost of going to the grocery store. It's a blue-collar district. It's a family district. It's a lot of people who are commuting over into the Bay Area for blue-collar jobs, and they're all struggling with the same issues. It doesn't matter what their last name is. It doesn't matter what ethnic group they come from. They're all struggling with the exact same issues. So... You don't have to pander to any you know specific group. You just have to reach out to them all and treat them with the same amount of respect and ask for their vote. And isn't there an, uh, a, a, an aspect, Richard, of just being heard uh, amongst folks who at least perceive that they're not being heard? Isn't there something to just yes. offering the opportunity to listen well? If if people feel like their elected officials actually listen to them and try to do something, it makes a huge difference in, in terms of how they respond to that and and who they vote for. It, it's not it's really not that complicated. It's just a matter of don't be stupid, don't be a politician, be a human being, and actually reach out to people and say. What is your biggest concern, and how could I help? Absolutely. Our guest today, Richard Pombo, former congressman, and uh, Richard will be joining us tomorrow for expanded election coverage from 7 to 9 p.m. here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also on the iHeart app. Richard, thanks so much for spending so much time with us today and look forward to uh, looking at the election results with you tomorrow as well. Thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to it, Mike. See you tomorrow night.
All right. Again, Richard Pombo with us, former congressman. And just a reminder, my friends, tomorrow, Mike Douglas show will air from 3 to 5 p.m. as we normally do Monday through Friday. And then we'll have expanded election coverage direct from Sacramento. Uh, congressman Richard Pombo, former congressman Richard Pombo, will be joining us along with Ed Parco. Ed Parco is embedded there with the Stanislaus County Register of Voters. Uh, they're allowing him to see how, uh, how the ballot count happens and they're being very transparent about it also joining us tomorrow will be mote sanchez from uh, the 209 times with the san joaquin county perspective and reporter john bernizzi will be joining us from the kfiv newsroom in sacramento as well your call is coming up 209-551-3483 any last minute reactions you have before we hit the polls tomorrow 209-551-3483 We'll open the phones in three minutes when the Mike Douglas Show continues on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on Election Eve. Our phone number 209-551-3483 here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Taking your thoughts on uh, Election Eve. Tomorrow, of course, the primaries on June 7. Let's go out to God's country out there in LaGrange. Dennis. Hi, Dennis. What are your thoughts on this election eve? Well, actually, the reason I called in is because I heard Mr. Pombo, and I remember him. I voted for him and could not. He did a terrific job, a great representative. Everything was right. But, of course, uh, then the Democrats started fooling around with redistricting, I guess. If I understood uh, your producer, Mike, that's what he said happened, and that's what so how we got a guy – mcnerney who's just another clone for nancy pelosi but anyway uh really uh appreciated mr pombo and i'm glad you're your analyst i'll try to listen more but uh anyway also gotta tell you i was not too fired up about voting i mean i got my vote my ballot and everything but from adam anymore but uh I think you had somebody on or someone was speaking about iVoter.com or something like that. Anyway, I looked at that. Oh, man, you know, I don't know that any of the uh, people running the Republican conservatives anyway in California. So anyway, Mike and yeah, I, I voter.com. Dennis, we're, uh, your, your cell phone, cell phone's breaking up a little bit, uh, on us, but, but thanks for your thoughts there. And, uh, yeah, I think was it John from Brentwood, I think maybe that gave us that I, I voter Uh, Dennis, thanks for your call. Appreciate that very much. Uh, let's go very quickly up to Ripon, uh, up the road of peace. Teresa, welcome to the Mike Douglas show. What's on your mind today? Yes, Mike, I want to thank you, like the uh, uh, first caller, uh, to uh, bring uh, Pombo, Richard Pombo back up uh, to uh, your, your show there. Uh, he was a tremendous congressman, and the, and the reason why is he said it himself. He's a real human being. He understands people, and he wants to help people. He has great uh, name recognition. He has great credibility with the voters, and he has common sense solutions. He's a real, a real person. You know, he's not a politician, and he actually uh, did a great job as a congressman. 
Um, I was hoping that he would come forward to uh, uh, run against uh, our present governor because he does have re uh, name recognition and he's an he's an excellent person, and and that's what we need to uh, fight the politicians in California. You know, we need good people. And I hope he'll think about getting back in the saddle again and and saving California because he was he was a tremendous congressman, and like I said, he has all these good qualities and he does care about the people of California. All right, Teresa, thanks so much for your call. You get the last okay. word uh, as a caller today. Thank you, Teresa from Ripon. A reminder, friends, we'll be with you three to five for the Mike Douglas Show tomorrow, and then extended election coverage from seven to nine p.m. with Congressman Richard Pombo, Ed Parco, Mote Sanchez from uh, Two O Nine Times, and John Bernaisi, reporter from the KFIV Newsroom. Seven to nine p.m. for election coverage tomorrow. See you tomorrow at three here on the Mike Douglas Show.